0: Welcome to Murder and Mimosas. Just a quick disclaimer before we get started. Our show is Murder and Mimosas. It's a true crime podcast. This means that we do discuss crimes, including but not limited to disappearances, murder, and sexual assaults. All our episodes are told with the respect of the victims and the victims' families in mind. We strive to ensure that we provide factual information, but some information is more verifiable than others. With that, grab your mimosas and let's dive in.
1: Welcome back. I'm Shannon.
0: And I'm Danica.
1: We're going to tell you the story of Morris Blankenmaker today. So grab your mimosas and settle in. It was the Saturday after Thanksgiving. It was two days after Thanksgiving in Yakima, Washington. It had snowed the night before and was cold on that November morning in nineteen seventy five. Del Suits and Ronald Seal, two men that lived in an apartment complex, were eager to go hunting with friends. Each were waiting for their rides outside by five AM that morning. They didn't know each other. They had just given polite waves or head nods in passing. While waiting outside they see a woman in the house or a woman from the house next door by the apartment complex, come out in her robe and walk around the house to the alley. Then they both hear the woman screaming, Morris, over and over as she cried. They see her make her way back into the house. She was screaming hysterically, he's dead, he's dead. Roland walked over and informed her to go call an ambulance, and she went back in to call 911. He walked around the side of the house to see a man laying in the snow, covered in blood. The police do arrive to find 32-year-old Morris Blankenbaker dead. Who was Morris? Well, I'm about to tell you. He was an exceptional athlete in high school. He was on the track, football, baseball, and wrestling teams. He he also played in the band. The year he graduated, he was voted Best Athlete of the Year, as well as he was offered a four-year football scholarship to Washington State University which he took and set his mind on being a coach. It said he never had a serious girlfriend in high school. But let's face it, when you have that or spending that much time on athletics, you don't have time for a
0: girlfriend. I thought most guys made time for that, especially teenage boys.
1: <laughs> you would think, but I guess he had his mind on his goals. He was considered a real catch. That's what the girls say back then.
0: Oh, I thought that was like a pun to his uh,
1: sports. (laughs) Could have been too. They said he had movie star good looks and his athletic muscular build was to die for. Morris, Mm. of course. (laughs) Sorry, that was a bad pun. (laughs) Morris, of course, was living in Pullman, which was about 200 miles away from Yakima. But he came home as often as he could to see his friends and family that still resided there. On one of those trips is when he met Deanne Brock. She was three years younger, still in high school, of course. She went to the other high school in Yakima, so they hadn't met each other in high school. Morris was a little smitten kitten over Deanne. They dated while she finished high school. He made the 400-mile round trip all the time to make sure he took her to prom and see her as much as possible. The two married two months after she graduated. It was the 60s when they got married and men were being drafted for Vietnam. So Morris dropped out of college and joined the Marine Corps. He also moved to Tacoma and started college there once he was discharged from the Marine Corps after four years. Deanne got a job at a bank while Morris continued school and worked nights at a state hospital. The couple didn't see each other that much, and Deanne was lonely and homesick. She wanted to move back to Yakima. Morris wanted to make his wife happy, so they moved back, and he was going to go to college part-time and work. Morris started college at Central Washington College about 35 miles away.
0: I just have to say, moving college sucks, like, completely sucks, because especially now I'm hoping maybe it was better than about transferring classes and your credit because I would hate if you'd like wasted a lot of time on classes that wouldn't transfer.
1: I know I hate that. I've done that before too. And it does suck. So his old track coach, Gabby Moore is taking classes there too. The two decide they would carpool. They were close when Morris was in high school, but of course you lose touch when Morris graduated and Gabby he was 27 when Morris graduated at the time but he was very well respected by the team Gabby actually made a name for himself as an amazing wrestling coach he was awarded the outstanding physical education educator that's a mouthful in 1969 and his wrestling team won state champs in 1972 His athletes loved and respected him. He was married to a PE teacher and they had three kids that attended the high school he taught at. Morris and Gabby spent a lot of time together hunting, fishing, whitewater rafting, you know, guy stuff. In fact, Morris had saved Gabby's life in one of their fishing adventures. They went in their boat or they were in their boat, which flipped in an undercurrent. Both men were thrown from the boat. Morris swam to the surface but didn't see Gabby. Gabby had his foot caught in vines and roots and couldn't free himself. While stuck underwater, Morris found him, though, and freed his foot, saving his life. Morris and Deanne have now been married eight years. They have two small children, a boy and a girl. Morris finally finishes his degree and has just gotten a coaching job. Deanne has worked her way up in the bank some They aren't rich by any means, but they are living the American dream. Gabby, on the other hand, has been married close to 20 years, and his marriage is falling apart. Gabby tells Morris that his wife, Gay, wants a divorce. While the two men spend a lot of time together, their families didn't. So Morris doesn't really know Gay or their kids. Gabby asks Morris if he can come move in with him for a little bit while he works on his marriage. Morris, being the nice guy he is, wants to help, but he just has to convince his wife. So good luck with that. Deanne was not sold on the idea of what of a complete stranger moving in with them. Morris assured her it wouldn't be for long. If, he, if they didn't rec- reconcile, then he would get his own place after a little bit. Deanne didn't like the idea, but her husband felt he needed to do this for his friend because he wasn't in a good headspace at the time and he gave and she finally gave in. Gabby moved in in January of 1974. Deanne enjoyed the company. She felt Gabby really listened to her and he jumped a rod up to help with the dishes after they ate. Morris on the other hand was noticing changes in Gabby that weren't great. He was drinking a lot. Sometimes he would drink for two or three days without sleeping and do things that weren't normally in his nature. For example, taking a gun to his wife's house, making threats toward her. Deanne, of course, didn't know this person personality before, so when she met him, this was just how Gabby was. She was the shoulder that G- Gabby cried on about his marriage that was coming to an end. The two bonded, and an affair began. Just three short months after Gabby moved in, Deanne was telling Morris that she was leaving him for Gabby. Gabby was 15 years older, a little overweight, and had an awesome comb over for his thinning hair. <laughs> so looks really don't matter to, to this woman, I'm assuming. <laughs>
0: Apparently not. I don't know. He sounds like a, a catch.
1: He, yeah, he was a catch.
0: No. No. <laughs> Morris was crushed
1: and I'm sure very mad at himself because he's the one that invited this guy into his house.
0: But when he did this, this was like his coach, his mentor, his best friend, like they did all these things together. You don't expect anything like that. And, you know, especially in this instant, you're doing him a favor. You don't expect him to like stab you in the back.
1: Yeah. And he was his mentor and he's you know, a lot older, so you think of him more like a father figure. Yeah. But, and I'm sure he was thinking, oh, look at this guy. Look at me. Yeah. <laughs> this isn't going to happen. There's a you
0: know, over, little <laughs> overweight, 15 years older, comb over drunk. <laughs> yeah. That's threatening people. and yeah. I just, don't get
1: it. Though. Okay. Well,
0: maybe she needed a bad guy because it sounds like, you know, Morris was very straight and narrow. Maybe she yeah. wanted some adventure or something.
1: Yeah, so he repays him by taking his wife. So that's sweet. So Deanne filed for divorce in March 1974. She and Gabby were married in September of 1974. So she didn't waste much time. Nope. She and Gabby set up a house together with her two kids and Gabby's 16-year-old son. Morris was having a super hard time with this. Not only did he have to see them together when he picked up the kids, he could see them around town, too. Morris decides he's going to up and move to Hawaii, and he does. He doesn't live there very long before he realizes his heart is still broken. He misses his kids. He misses his friends and family, so he ends up moving back. He gets a large house there and rents the rooms out to friends, so at least he isn't completely alone. The newlyweds, however, aren't as happy as Deanna expected. She realizes that Gabby has a drinking problem and he turns completely different when he drinks.
0: He was drinking before this, like before they got married, and she didn't notice or? Maybe. I
1: mean, I guess you, you know, you put your best foot forward usually, but I don't know. Probably those rose-colored glasses or it wasn't a problem then because he was harassing his ex-wife and not her. Yeah, Gabby Gabby throws her and the kids out at times when he's drinking. She at times would wait until he passed out and then go back home. She did leave him three times, though she kept going back to him. The last time she left, though, she runs back to Morris, and this guy just welcomes her back with open arms. She and the kids move back in with him, And his roommates move out.
0: I guess he wasn't tempting her with roommates again.
1: (laughs) If he's smart, he's not doing that. So Gabby doesn't handle this well at all. He is obsessed with Dan. Not that he loves her, but more that she's his property. He's calling her at work nonstop. He comes to the bank asking for her. He's calling her house. He's stalking her. He also tells her that if she doesn't take him back, he will kill himself right in front of her so she can watch him suffer. Morris also works a few nights a week as a bouncer. And one night, Dan calls him because she can hear Gabby in the living room yelling for her, telling her he's going to kick the bedroom door and if she doesn't let him in the bedroom.
0: I mean, how did he get in?
1: Although this was a city, they said they didn't have locks on the outside doors. The only lock they had on the house was to the bedroom door to keep the kids out. I guess you know for sexy time
0: <laughs>
1: <laughs> but they weren't worried about people coming in the house
0: that's that's insane.
1: <laughs> Morris brings a coworker uh this was a guy that that he knew and also, also knew Gabby because he used to be his coach on the wrestling team to the house when he goes to check this out. Gabby is no longer in the house when they get there, but he's beating on the window outside, begging Deanne to come out. Although Morris had every right to beat the snot out, out, of, out of Gabby, he doesn't. He talked to him. He didn't even yell at him, they said. Whatever was said, Gabby got in his car and went home and I assume maybe slept it off. Morris called the police to tell them what happened.
0: Morris is level-headed because I would have been kicked off. Yeah,
1: he's like a saint. So Gabby was falling apart at the seams. He also taught math and driver's education at the school and a student had reported him shaking them when he got upset with them. He He had a former athlete Angelo, which he went by Tuffy, stay in touch with the coach. He saw that he was drinking heavily. He got together with other former wrestling teammates and worked out a schedule to help with the team because Gabby wasn't always showing up to practices or matches. Tuffy was trying to save the coach's job. He idolized his coach and he was like a father to him.
0: Be careful about that.
1: With all that, the school informed him they would not be renewing his contract in the fall. Gabby went right away to to Deanne and told her she made him lose his job because he can't function without her.
0: Oh, it's Deanne, he can't function. It's not the alcohol that makes him (laughs) not be able to function.
1: No, no, that has nothing to do with why he lost his job. (laughs) Hmm, Okay. So, yeah, hangovers are, uh, are rough, but... We don't know if he stopped drinking long enough to have one. So hmm, we'll see.
0: Yeah.
1: So this didn't win Dan back. And she filed for a divorce, even though he was having his son and daughters call and ask her to take him back while stalking her and breaking in her house. Wasn't working. She and Morris planned to get married by Christmas. Once the divorce was final and pick up where they left off or at least try that didn't happen though, because Morris was murdered the night after Thanksgiving. Police suspect Gabby, but due to all the issues he had caused them, that Gabby refuses to talk to the police or take a lie detector test. The police are investigating, but they don't have a lot of leads. When they find out that Gabby was in the hospital on the night of the murder, his ex father-in-law is also his doctor. Gabby suffers from hypertension and doesn't take his medication like he should. And he was having lots of nosebleeds. His doctor admitted him to the hospital for a few days. They don't have a lot of time to investigate him, though. By Christmas Eve, they are getting a call that Gabby has been shot in his apartment. The police find him DOA.
0: Dead on arrival, if you don't know what that
1: means.
0: Um, So is it like, is it suicide?
1: No, it wasn't. Police aren't sure where to look now, but they get a lead. There is a 22 found under a bridge that is brought in. A reporter mentioned this in a paper about this gun being found. A lady named Loretta Scott comes forward with her attorney. She tells the police that she thinks this gun is hers, but she loaned it to her cousin, Tuffy
0: which we've heard already. Hey, we know him. Yes.
1: So, Phileas spring Tuffy in for questioning and tell him that ballistics show that the gun that killed Morris and Gabby will show that he did this once they get done processing the gun. As true crime fanatics know that they have nothing, but Tuffy starts spilling it.
0: Mm, well... It happens.
1: He says that he would go. He would go see the coach all the time, and he would talk about the end all the time. He asked if he could find him a hitman. Tuffy tried to find him one and gave him a few names, but they wouldn't because the coach was only offering five hundred. So five hundred now and two hundred later.
0: So seven hundred dollars is the going rate for murder.
1: Yes, I mean this was you know the seventies, so maybe that was. Uh,
0: It's still murder.
1: (laughs) Oh, so Coach said Deanne would want him back if Morris was out of the picture. Finally, Tuffy tells
0: him he'll do it for him. I guess if you just nag enough,
1: you're like, fine, fine, I'll do it. Question
0: is, is Tuffy doing it for free or for the five hundred now and the two hundred later?
1: So well, so he does it for free. Wow. Yeah. So, but we'll get to that in a second while Gabby is in the hospital. He calls Tuffy and tells him, this is a good time because I'm in the hospital, dude. I got an alibi. And Gabby meets Morris in the alley that night when he's getting home from work and he shoots him. So like I said, he wasn't paid for this. He just wanted to make his mentor and coach feel better. This coach, I mean, I got to be a coach. Apparently. I mean, you can get people to do a lot for you.
0: Let them live in your house for free. Let them steal your <laughs> wife. Let him convince people to kill for you. Yeah. I mean, wow.
1: So the police asked if, if he loved the coach so much, why did he kill him? And he tells them that Gabby still wasn't happy after Morris died. Deanne was convinced he had something to do with Morris's death and didn't want him still. Imagine oh, that. Shocker. <laughs> he told her people were stalking him. Gabby told Deanne people were stalking him. He asked Tuffy to shoot him in the left shoulder and make it look like a break in so Deanne would believe him. Tuffy says he told him no, but Coach threatened him with Morris's murder. Huh, imagine that. He told him he would turn him in if he didn't. Gabby drank a whole bottle of bourbon that night because he said he didn't want to feel any pain. Tuffy tells the police he finally decides to do it. Gabby is there, and he aims at his shoulder to shoot, but Gabby moves as he shoots, probably from all the alcohol. The bullet didn't go where it was supposed to, and Tuffy left scared.
0: Should have just taken the money from the first one and caught it good, you
1: know? No joke. So, Tuffy doesn't take a plea deal. He ends up going to court, and he recants his confession. He is still convicted for both murders and sentenced to 20 years. He was released in 1995 and died of natural causes
0: in 2016. I don't know if I have words for this. Um, so, what you're saying is Gabby wrote his own life, his wife's life, probably his kids' lives, Deanne's life, Morris's life, Morris's kids' lives, and Tuffy's life.
1: And Morris's mom's. Because she was very, very. That was her only child. Okay, and Morris's mom? She was obsessed with her only child. And
0: probably Tuffy's family because, you know, he went to prison. Yeah. So we're talking like.
1: Yeah, because Tuffy had two or three kids by the time he went to prison. Well, actually, his girlfriend, his fiance was pregnant at the time he went to prison.
0: Cool. So this one man managed to just plow a whole bunch of labs, just Mm -hmm. screw them all up. That is true. Yeah, man, I feel so I really just feel bad for Morris in this because Deanne left him. So screw her. Uh, like she left him for Gabby. <laughs> and then, you know, Tuffy made his choice. He should have, yeah. you know, but Morris just kept trying to do the right thing over and over and over.
1: Yeah, he was a good guy.
0: And then he got shot in the cold snow.
1: Yeah.
0: And left in an alley like trash. Yeah. But
1: I did see pictures of him, and we can post some. He was really attractive
0: back so we'll, in the day. We'll post him. He
1: was a cat.
0: We're going to post him right next to Gabby. <laughs> to
1: Gabby
0: Gabby. Yeah, and I'll see if I can find one of Tuffy. But, you know, um, that's crazy. This is a crazy one because – so this was the one that you read a book about, right?
1: Yeah,
0: this was an Anne Rool book. Where Anne Rule – where we like Anne Rool. Um, so we'll post those sources with the name of that book in there if you want to read it. Um, we will also, like she said, post pictures. It'll be on our Instagram, which is murder.mimosas. We will post on our Facebook page, which is Murder and Mimosas podcast. We'll post a clip of this so you could share it with your friends um on TikTok at murder.mimosas. And we'll we have a Twitter, it's murder.mimosas. Um uh, we mostly just post funny memes there, but
1: um, I was gonna say, do we even post? Do we even know the password to get
0: into it? <laughs> um,
1: but if you do, that's cool. I don't know anything
0: about it. You don't know the password to any of them. I know, so that doesn't mean anything. And if you have a case, you can email it to murder.mimosas at gmail.com. and in a few weeks, we will actually be um, sharing an episode from one that was shared with us. So. That'll be exciting. Yes.
1: Stay Um, tuned.
0: So in the meantime, it's Thanksgiving next week. So have mimosa with your turkey if you want. I don't know. That actually doesn't doesn't sound sound good. good. So what you should do is you should have mimosas before your family comes over. And then you will be plenty buzzed when your family gets there to eat the dry turkey um, and whatever family member brings the very gross food. Okay. So have a mimosa on us. Before the family arrives. Okay. That is our um, murder mimosas tip of the day.
1: Have a good holiday, too. Yeah.
0: Also have a good holiday. But it will be better <laughs> if you follow the tip and you have the mimosa before the family arrives. Um, but, yeah, no, I have a mimosa on us. And we'll you know, talk to you after Thanksgiving. Bye. Bye.